Me, Myself, and Meow, Part 2, a story by Al Gonzalez and Heather Gross. Act 3. Percy woke with a nasty growl. Their tummy demanded breakfast now. They sat in front of their favorite mirror, then cried for food to meet them here. For nine whole minutes did they wait, in their aggravated state. Recalling they were all alone, Percy then began to roam. Toward the kitchen Percy ran, to secure what food they can. They came upon the kitchen stores, with countless treats inside the drawers. Percy cried out with delight, at the bounty in their sight. Percy sat and began to feast, on fish and treats and cuts of beast. They gobbled the food at a furious pace. It was almost as if they were having a race. With nobody there to tell them to stop, young Percy did eat until they could pop. Their stomach now burdened with too much food. Percy decided to go to their room. They left the mess on the kitchen floor and slowly crawled out through the door. And so this went for nine more days, with none to provide a watchful gaze. They ate, then they slept, then they ate some more, and stared at the mirror when things were a bore. On day number ten, things didn't start well. Young Percy awoke to a horrible smell. What is this terrible stench, said they. I'll locate the source and make them pay. Back to the kitchen, young Percy was led, filled with the smells of things rotten and dead. The kitchen was left in a horrible state, with meat sitting out past the expiry date. Percy at once decided to flee. They ran to their fish in the pond by the tree. When Percy arrived at the pond full of fish, the scene they beheld was not what they wished. The water was dingy and murky and brown. The fish had stopped moving and swam upside down. Percy was grieved by the terrible sight. They ran toward the castle, away from the blight, down through the halls and back to their room to stare at the mirror and lighten their mood. But when they arrived they discovered no joy, for filth had obscured their favorite toy. Cobwebs and dust had covered the mirror. The glass was now foggy and no longer clear. Percy cried out with a pitiful mew, sad and alone and unsure what to do. After some time, they started to preen, which gave them a thought to make the mirror cling. Young Percy was blessed with a soft, fluffy tail, perfectly suited for this one detail. Incredibly proud of their clever plan, they cleaned off the mirror as quick as they can. What an incredible plan, they said, as they wiped the glass from their toes to their head. When they were done, they looked at their face, expecting a picture of beauty and grace. But the vision they saw was cause for distress. Their beautiful fur was a terrible mess. Their cape and their crown were also quite worn. Young Percy then sighed, depressed and forlorn. After some time they wandered the halls, which now resembled the desolate sprawl. The castle, now dank and dreary and dark, no longer pleased the young monarch. There's no one to clean the kitchen, meow. There's no one to sweep the castle. Meow. There's no one to brush my coat. Meow. There's nobody here to talk to. Percy returned to the mirror on their wall and looked at themselves, so lonely and small. It seemed that their mood had taken a turn. 
and they desperately wished for all to return. After nine minutes, they finally said, I miss everyone, and laid down in bed. Act Four Percy's slumber was interrupted by a powerfully pleasant smell. They scampered towards the kitchen, heart racing with joy. The horrific hallucinations from the previous night had vanished. They were replaced with wonderfully whimsical delights. The kitchen was perfectly pristine and alive with the movement of chefs and assistants. The air was thick with the savory smells of smoked fish and delicious desserts. This is a wonderful feast, meow, cried Percy with delight. Thank you, dear chef. The kitchen fell mysteriously mute as Percy scampered down the bustling breezeways to the back of the castle. When they arrived at their precious pond, the water was clear, the mess was gone, and the fish were swimming right side up once again. Percy spied their perfectly pristine reflection in the crystal clear water. After a mere nine moments, their image disappeared with a spectacular splash. Percy looked up and spied the groundskeeper with a bag of fish food. I'm, I'm terribly sorry, your highness, squeaked the groundskeeper. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your meow time. Percy began to scamper towards the shaking servant. Instead of throwing a fit, they bowed and offered them praise. Your work is incredible, meow, said the young monarch. This is my favorite part of the castle, and it wouldn't be the same without your hard work. Th -th Thank you, young Percy, replied the quivering groundskeeper. They were not accustomed to such politeness from the young monarch. Percy flew through the castle halls, greeting all as he scampered by. When they arrived at the royal throne, both king and queen were now at home. Percy greeted them with a most magnificent bow. Thank you for all that you do. I am lucky to have you as my parents. Meow. The king and queen looked at each other, confused. After a moment, they bowed their heads toward Percy and spoke together. We are lucky to have you, little Percy. After that day, Life in the castle was much brighter. Percy no longer threw tantrums, and the servants were no longer afraid of the young monarch. By showing appreciation instead of anger, life became perfectly pleasant for all involved. And, for a time, they all lived happily ever after. The End